Welcome to the Solstice Space Podcast. I'm Dawn Hafner, and I put this podcast together as a place for us to come together, work on our soul, connect to ourselves, to experience meditation, growth, and have deep conversations about how our spirituality, our soul path, our journey is played out in life, in work, and in our relationships. So I hope you'll join me for some meditations and some interesting conversations. Have a wonderful day full of presence. And remember, we simply can't do this without you. You're more important than you can ever, ever know. Hello, and welcome to the Solstice Space Podcast. This is Dawn Hafner, and I am so excited to have with me today, Mary McCarthy with Resilience and Grace, and we are excited to have a fun conversation on all things soul-based and business, and hopefully you'll get a lot out of our conversation. So thanks, Mary, for joining me. Thank you. So tell me a little bit more about kind of where you are in your business, what you're currently working on and focused on what you offer to the world. Okay. Right now in my life, um, the past five years, I took a pause from corporate America and I opened my own business as a woman who teaches yoga and offers personal training and shows up in her community as an offering and a leader in really helping people feel good at any age. So I really like to teach modifications and invite people to feel really good in their body where they are. And so my classes and when I work one-on-one with individuals or when I am a speaker, it is about letting people um, and inviting people to just be in their own body and be where they are and accept Mm -hmm. that and then look at growth and opportunity to feel good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that. I know a lot of times people who haven't tried yoga, especially if they're maybe a little older or haven't been exercising are scared. They are scared when they show up. So what, what kind of advice would you offer to someone who wants to reach out and start a yoga practice and is a little bit hesitant? I think one of the things to start with is to have confidence that you can listen to your body Mm -hmm. and As you are older, you have experienced different things in your life with joint pain or an injury or something like that. So when you're getting started, to give yourself permission that you are in your own unique body for that unique day Mm -hmm. Um, and that you give yourself the opportunity to to research or learn from someone else if they're going to show a modification or use props. I like to invite people to do their research. Be safe. Find somebody. Not only do they feel really comfortable with who knows what they're doing and won't lead them down a path of more injury, but that they connect to on a emotional or spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And as I experience with students, they're no longer, if they're in the 55 plus crowd, they're no longer coming in to look good or lose weight. They're now at a different place in their body and in their mind where they want to just feel good for that day. Mm -hmm. They don't want to fall. They want to still do the things that they like and enjoy. So they're looking at practices that can really enrich their life 
and help them be a little more balanced Mm -hmm. within. Mm -hmm. And so what I really like is when I'm teaching yoga or I'm encouraging them to find other teachers of yoga is to say, meet with them, go to their class for the first time. If it feels good, stay with that teacher. Mm -hmm. You'll know right away if it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And then just Take care of yourself. Don't do everything. Take a child's pose or, you know, something else. Yeah. Some permission to just do what you need. Yeah. In that moment. So tell me a little bit. We talked just briefly about this. Like when you're teaching a yoga class, what's the experience like for you as a teacher in terms of connection to energy from your class, energy working with you in terms of how you find that you deliver a class? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I've always known that when you're going to be a teacher, that you also need to be a student. And I find that I've been able to continue teaching yoga for, this will be my 20th year, because I have always been a student myself. And when I practice, I'm practicing meditation techniques and different ways to be in my body. And because I have that knowing experience within, I show up to a class And I look at the people around me and I kind of pay attention to what's happening in our environment, what's happening in our culture, Mm -hmm. what's happening in our season, and who are the people that have showed up and what's the sparkle in their eye? Like, are they coming in tired? Mm -hmm. Are they have a lot of energy? Mm -hmm. And so I can use that. And because I already know how it feels within me, Mm -hmm. I can teach in a way that's present and very... Um, in tune with who the people are that are coming to my class. Mm -hmm. And then I just flow. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. And that's something I just, I believe in strongly is just as we do our own work, it unfolds the work that we do for others. Yes. And there's no other way. So like anytime I feel like I'm blocked or like, what do I share? Or, you know, what do I do in my business? What have I been ignoring? I, I come back to, wait a minute, have you been doing your own work? Have you been meditating? Have Mm -hmm. you been like really getting deep into the issues and triggers and examining the emotions? And that's always the place where I get led and then it's easy. It's, it's like natural to share. It is. And so I'm reading books all the time or I'm listening to different podcasts or I work with a spiritual director myself Mm -hmm. and the things that I'm processing, I find that my students also those nuggets come through Mm -hmm. and many students will say to me Mary were you just like teaching right to me (laughs) two more people say oh I thought she was teaching to me yeah and you know when you are open to hear a message Mm -hmm. even if I was no I'm like no I was teaching for me yeah (laughs) yeah. we all can be related Mm -hmm. and yeah it, it shows up. And, and so I love that about mm-hmm. when I'm doing my own readings and mm-hmm. my own prayer and my own meditation, um, those messages come clear. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. When you shared that, it gave me chills because I've had that same experience, both with like meditation and with writing. And people will say, I feel like you were speaking right to me. And I, my reaction inside is I was like, I know I was because I know the message was coming through me mm-hmm. for someone else. And I always have that same struggle. Sometimes I'll write something and it will strike people a certain way and they'll say, did you write it? And I will answer, well, 
sort of like it kind of depends on your definition of me doing something because I don't actually do it. It just comes through. Yeah. So it's that same thing. So being connected. So if someone feels like they want to head more in that direction of more openness of their own intuition and getting their own messages, but this is new for them, like what are some of the practices that you found early on helped you find that space within yourself? I think finding a teacher, I think, really helps finding a teacher who can guide you and hold you accountable Mm -hmm. and be there to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. Because then when you have a little more confidence in that you won't hurt yourself or that you're not wasting your time or you're not going down a path, people have all these kinds of judgments or Mm -hmm. questions and you know, they're wanting to do something really good for themselves, but they don't know how or where. Mm-hmm. And I remind people, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you can find a teacher who has been down that path a little bit, they can expose you to different ways. And then you have to do the work of listening. Mm-hmm. You have to try it, explore it, experience it, and then really ask yourself, does this work for me? Or do I need to try something else? Mm-hmm. And then I say, think... Once people have this idea that, you know, this feels really good. For example, if you want to do a more gentle yoga class or a hot yoga, mm-hmm. you know, you ask yourself, well, what do I, which one is better for me? And I say, well, try both. Mm-hmm. How do you know? Right. And not to have judgment on one or the other mm-hmm. because they're there for a reason because some people like one way and some people like another. Right. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves to approach an experience with a curious mind yeah and when we have a more open-hearted open-minded curious mind and heart then those messages will come to us and then at the end of a class when you're in shavasana Mm -hmm. or at the end of a meditation or the end of a journaling time whatever you know that as you've sat you're like this feels good yeah Absolutely. Now you have your yeah, answer. Yeah, and then you know. And then also I think it's important to be open to the fact your answer will change. Yes. So like what worked last month was like amazing, but now somehow it's just not working. And then knowing that that's telling you to reach for something different and be open to mm-hmm. that. And that's how we are as humans. We're constantly growing, evolving, and changing. So what worked last month, last year that just made us feel so solid and connected maybe isn't what we need right now. And then not to apologize, Yeah. right? Because we also get stuck in, oh my, I've been with this teacher and she got me this far and now I owe it to her to stay with her. Mm-hmm. When we have to give ourselves permission and say, until this point, it served me. Yeah. And now I need to move on. Yeah. And when you're a really good teacher or a healer or you're in a space of knowing, then you wish that person well. Absolutely. Because now it's from a place of abundance and not fear. Absolutely. And I, what I like to do is when I have anyone come to my class, I say, please come for free the first time. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Mm -hmm. I may be for you. I may not be for you. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not for you, let me help you meet other people that might Mm -hmm. work. Yeah, absolutely. So collaboration, which is definitely Mm -hmm. the new way of doing business. Yes. And the female way of doing business, yes. I will say, too. <laughs> so we're doing things different than the old boys club. And it's right. beautiful and amazing. And it lifts so many people. It does. So tell me a little bit more. Before you got into teaching yoga as your full-time role, what did you do before? So you mentioned corporate work before. What was that? Right. Um, 
I really, my story really started when I tore my ACL in high school Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be an athletic trainer Mm -hmm. and I went to the University of Iowa and I did that whole experience and learned about the body and I knew I always wanted to be someone who would educate or heal the body. So that was in me. Then I realized I didn't really like sports. So I double majored and went into health education, health promotion. Mm -hmm. And that led me down a path of wellness. And so I entered into the corporate wellness world because in the early 2000s, this was when it was really kicking off and CEOs and they were embracing this and wanted, they were going to change their healthcare model. Um, And I was in this for a wonderful period of time where we were looking at stress management and resiliency and fitness. And we started looking at nutrition and we wanted employees to take time to take care of themselves because we understood that if we can incentivize them on taking care of themselves, then they would be more productive and feel better and happier and all Mm -hmm. these components. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for a good period of time. And then I was able to be a director and design fitness centers, work with interns, Mm -hmm. Um, not only do employee programming to help like from an employee base, but then I worked with the client like older adults Mm -hmm. because I worked at Wesley Acres Mm -hmm. for Wesley Life. Mm -hmm. And so I got to see this other stage of life and what fuels people and what's their purpose and why do they take care of their body. And I also was having children then. So I have young Mm -hmm. children. And I got to work at a daycare Mm -hmm. and it was like this intergenerational programming for me all became opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I was like looking at who do I like and what, what resonates with me? And okay, Mm -hmm. I can teach to kids and I can teach to employees. What I've settled with is I really like teaching to the 55 plus. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can do all the other things and I have done all the other things. But now that I'm moving into this next phase and I'm pausing and now my kids are all going to be in school, Mm -hmm. I ask myself, all the things that I've done, what do I like to do? Right. What really speaks Mm -hmm. to me? What fuels my soul? Right. What lights you up? So because I am now not looking at, as much as I also want to make money, I have trusted more when I do something I'm passionate about and I'm Mm -hmm. authentic with, Mm -hmm. the money comes. Yeah. Yeah. It'll serve me. Yes. I think people get really worked up about how much do I charge for my services and when I'm starting out, like just do what you love and find a space for that and the rest will happen. Yeah. Like I don't view um, abundance as coming from a job or even a business. I view it as coming from the universe, from source. And it's like a faucet. And when one faucet turns off, another faucet turns on. And as long as you're living in your truth and sharing your growth, the value will always find you. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter no. where it comes from. And that's one of probably my hardest choices I had to make was stopping working full time and taking that leap. Mm-hmm. Like that came with not just, oh, you're going to have your third baby and let's just quit a job. Uh-huh. Right. Like yeah. there's a lot of like, can I do this? Right. Can I let go of my title? Mm-hmm. Can I let go of a salary and benefits? Mm-hmm. And not just those pieces, but I was the first wellness director for this organization Mm -hmm. and I designed something and worked on it for 10 years. And this was like my baby. Yeah. Yeah. And could I pass the torch on, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, that's something a lot of people can struggle with or relate to. Mm -hmm. You design it, you build it, you put the sweat and work into it. 
And then I have found like my true growth Mm -hmm. has been to let it go and pass it on. Yeah. So what that reminds me of, so it sounds like it became part of your own identity. Oh, yes. And so you, by letting go of that identity that you had picked up for yourself, it opened a space for you to pick up a new identity. Mm -hmm. And then out of that came a lot of growth. Now a lot of growth. And it was probably, it was definitely three years of like introducing yourself at these different networking events and people will say, oh, what do you do? And you're like, I was a wellness director and (laughs) I'm a stay-at-home mom and I teach some yoga classes. Uh Now I say I'm a small business owner Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I help people feel good at any age, right? Like I, I now can put that hat on, but it took a while, right? It's hard to transition, right? I had to keep trusting. Yeah. And have, give yourself grace. And permission right. yeah, to kind of navigate and find that way. yeah. Which is where my tagline of resilience and grace came in. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be resilient and keep trying mm-hmm. and have the grit to keep showing up and be present. Mm-hmm. And then have the grace to, like, be forgiven and know, like, it's unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And there is abundance. Mm-hmm. So those two words for me are very feminine and masculine. Mm-hmm. The yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to show up for other people. Mm-hmm. Like there's both. Right. It's not either or. Right. Yeah. It's not just floating through life feeling good and not doing anything, but it's also not struggle, push, effort to the point that you're stressed and yeah. you know, freaked out all the time. It's it's definitely a balance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the resources that you use for your growth? So whether it's like a book or a podcast or anything that was really influential in your life? I have always liked Oprah. Mm-hmm. I know that's a cliche, mm-hmm. but I love Oprah. Yeah, I, love her. I love her too. So from a young age, I have followed her, read her magazine, listened to Martha Beck, read her books, you know, done these things, mm-hmm. been introduced to other people like Brene Brown, listened to her, um, super soul Sundays. And so I just, um, She's probably my first person that I could resonate with. Mm -hmm. In the yoga world, Mm -hmm. I love Pema Chodron Mm -hmm. and like the Buddhist mentality, Mm -hmm. looking at that component. And I was raised Catholic. And so prayer and meditation have been a part of my growing up. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I take these things and I'm always reading some kind of book of spiritual growth Mm -hmm. and self-help in addition to my chiclet book Uh that I like, right? Because I like the beach reads and uh, female stories. So I'm doing that. I find myself, I still practice yoga for me Mm -hmm. so I can be a good teacher, but of course it heals me. Mm -hmm. And then meditating, uh, it is now every day, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Right. Because as a yoga teacher, I'm like, oh, I better meditate. You know, that's what the yoga teachers do. And Mm -hmm. I would have so much resistance. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I don't want to do this. And what's five minutes and I can do something else that's more productive. Yes. Yes. Right. And then you hear people talk about, oh, like those 20 minutes Mm -hmm. are like their source and their grounding. And I'm like, 20 minutes? How are you going to get to 20 minutes? Like, Uh and I found little by little Mm-hmm. I might have started with a guided meditation, mm-hmm. and then I might try a quiet silence meditation. And again, I don't judge anymore about what I'm called to that day. Yeah. So I give myself permission to listen to someone guiding me, and I give myself permission the next day, I don't have to do that, 
I can just sit in silence. Yes, absolutely. And that no matter what happens, no longer do I judge if I did it right or wrong mm -hmm. or if it was effective or not effective. Mm -hmm. I just say thank you and I move on. Yes, I think that's beautiful. And that's what meditation is. It's mm -hmm. learning to accept what is. And it's just showing up. That's all. Just showing up and just accepting what is. It doesn't look like anything. It doesn't. There is no such thing as a successful meditation right. session. <laughs> there is just showing up. And that is hard. Mm -hmm. That is hard when you are type mm -hmm. A and you want to check the box mm -hmm. and you want to say, yes, I mastered mm -hmm. this, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think for me when I teach yoga and meditation and why I love teaching to the older adults is that this is a lifelong process, mm -hmm. right? Because every day it's new. Yes. Your mind is new. Your body is new. Your experience is new. And so you just get to like be present. Yeah. And whatever we experience on our mat, I like to remind people, this is our practice on our mat so that you can keep practicing in your world. Yes. And the more forgiveness and open-heartedness and connection that you have to yourself, mm -hmm. then that permeates outside of you. Absolutely. And that's such a good point, too, is the reason you meditate or do yoga isn't, isn't for that period of time. It's for the other 23 hours of the day. And it's how do you bring that sense of peace and presence into getting your morning coffee or attending a meeting at work or having a conversation with your teenager. It's, and no one's perfect, and, and it's not a sense of perfection. It's a sense of presence mm -hmm. that comes through. It's that knowing... I have the ability to not react, but actually be thoughtful and connected to the message that's coming through me and feeling that other person's energy too. The other thing I think that's so interesting about doing this work is you'll hear from people, it just feels good to be around you. Like you just feel good. <laughs> and it's because you're working on the energy, like you're showing up uh -huh. and allowing your energy to be more of a flowing source than restricted and people can... Often they don't know how to put it into words, but they just know they like how that feels. Mm -hmm. And then they want a little bit of that. And so, like you said, that just comes from showing up, starting with little minutes and letting yourself kind of explore what works for you. I think the other piece my practice has been, as I've, like all practices, it's like it ebbs and flows, right? And I started journaling as a young girl and I journal in a way that I'm just documenting the day. Mm -hmm. And so I started with a practice that was always an outlet for me to really be honest and real with myself and to recognize what, what is going on inside my head. Mm -hmm. And then you, I went away from it in college, got busy, did different things, came back to it, gone away, and now I'm back to it again. Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful expression of like, what is going on inside of me? What is showing up? Because when I meditate... It's like fleeting and I, and I don't want to like try to memorize it and I don't want to analyze it and I don't want, I just want it to let it come. Mm -hmm. So when I'm journaling, it's a different form that now I'm processing. And if I want to look back on it, it's mm -hmm. there in writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I want to dive deeper, I don't have to like commit it to memory because I can look back on it right. so I can process much freer. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I think that's very true. A lot of times when I am meditating, I'll have a thought and I want to hold on to it. And then it's how do I do that while still meditating? Or yes. do I keep, sometimes I do keep a little um, notepad next to me if I feel like this is something I do. Maybe not the whole, I don't write in sentences, but I'll just jot a yes. few words of like, 
this is something for the next, you know, guided meditation I do or for whatever that I need to reach out to somebody. But that's interesting because it is like very fleeting and, and it want, you want it to be. Yeah. Because to me, when something is coming to you in meditation and you feel an emotion or have a thought, that's it leaving you and you need to actually kind of let it leave. And then that's how we get the flow going. Right. So is it's allowing it to leave. I think the other part is trusting. I like to tell people when they'll say, oh, Mary, could you send that sequence to me mm-hmm. in that yoga practice? Or, wow, that meditation was spot on. I want to do that again. And if I haven't captured it, I'll remind them, especially in Shavasana, that your body and mind will keep what it needs to keep. Mm-hmm. You have to trust the process. Mm-hmm. And that if you showed up on your own mat by yourself and you just asked to please be guided mm-hmm. and to please let your soul speak to you, mm-hmm. your body and mind will just work. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Your down dog does not have to look a certain way. You don't have to remember exactly 90 degrees this way, 20 degrees this way. Like let that go. Yes. I think people get really afraid and they're like, I'm not going to do it well enough. And I'm not going to be like what my teacher said, and so I'm not going to show up. And I'm like, just roll your mat out and move. Right. That's all yeah. yoga is. Yeah, because that's the ego, right? The ego that's yes. telling us you have to do it this way and that way and do this pose and that pose and hold it for so long, and that's the ego. Who cares? Yeah. whereas what we're talking about is letting go of that and allowing your spirit to flow and talk to you, and your spirit doesn't right. have a judgment. No judgment. No. Yeah. And that's why I like to teach to people who are there in that space. Mm-hmm. Because when you come to my class, I am not teaching these 14 poses and I'm not repeating it every single time the same way because I can't teach like that because that's not how I practice. Right. And I practice by listening mm-hmm. and I teach by listening. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that. It's so beautiful. Thanks. So I think everyone should go to your class. <laughs> well, I'm on YouTube now. <laughs> awesome. Yes, I did <laughs> yes. see that. That was so helpful. Um, how about one thing I always like to ask people, cause I like to open the space for people to have these kind of conversations. We're talking a lot about spirit and source flowing through us. And mm-hmm. you talked about your upbringing that you were uh, raised Catholic. I was also raised Catholic. So we have that in common. Um, so what does your spirituality look like now for you is one question. And then another question would be, have you had any mystical experiences where you feel like you had a, a direct experience with God, source, universe that told you that this is real. This is your your miracle. Okay. So now uh, my spiritual experience is interesting. My children go to a Catholic school and that piece of me uh, with prayer and sacraments continue to be a little part of who I am but I don't just go to a Catholic church Mm -hmm. and I expose my children and myself to an intentional Eucharistic community and so it's very inclusive and we go there sometimes Mm -hmm. and I read Buddhist books Mm -hmm. and I practice that Mm -hmm. and I have decided that I'm not a bad Catholic I just like to see where the spirit guides me and I look for the beauty in all Mm -hmm. because truly the underlying message is all the same. Absolutely. And in yoga, 
that is from a Hinduism background, mm-hmm. and I love the stories of the gods mm-hmm. and the all of the different pieces that I've learned about and listened to in the history of Sanskrit, and and that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And so I take the lessons from each of those components, and I think I give myself permission with no longer the guilt of not going to a religious experience in a building Mm -hmm. to now I'll do that. Sometimes I think there's a purpose. I like community, Mm -hmm. but it's not the only place that I get my messaging and my spirit, my soul work and my messages from God. Exactly. And so I think meditation helps me with that. I do a lot of gratitude practice and I'm really, you know, grateful for like, I I consciously Mm -hmm. say thank you spirits and guides and thank Mm -hmm. you God. And I'm conscious of that. Yeah. And then the moment that you asked, Mm -hmm. when I was 25, I'd been in Des Moines and I would worked at Principal and Wellmark and I had been in grad school and I had known that I was in a relationship that needed to end. And I was dating this gentleman for about seven years who was older than me. And we'd break up and we'd get together and we'd break up and we'd get together. And I wanted to go on to grad school and I, and I had started at Des Moines University, but I knew I had this feeling like I needed to get out of Des Moines Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do something different. And so I was really struggling with ending this relationship and I was struggling with deciding where to go to grad school. And so in my yoga practice, because now I had been practicing yoga for, I would say five years, Mm -hmm. I had tried this meditation technique where for 10 minutes you set an alarm and you commit to a decision and you say it and you believe it and you repeat it and you see how your body responds. And then 24 hours later, you set an alarm, 10 minutes, take your other choice, repeat, try it again, see what happens. I was like, what do I got to lose? I'm mm-hmm. going to give this a try. And my choice was, do I stay in this relationship or do I end it with mm-hmm. this guy that I was dating? And I chose first to stay with it. And I told myself over and over, I've put seven years into this. I really love this man. We've had all this history together. I want to stay with it. I want to keep pushing through, blah, 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 blah. And I just didn't feel awesome. Mm-hmm. But it was the same feeling that I always felt dating for the past mm-hmm. few years. Mm-hmm. And so then the very next day, I do the other path. And I say, okay, I'm going to hold gratitude for this relationship. I'm going to love it for what it is, and I'm going to end it, and I'm going to move on, and I'm going to see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm not kidding you. This white light comes all the way over me, and I am at the most peace. Like, I have these goosebumps. Mm -hmm. I am so peaceful. I never thought this could happen before, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that's the choice. And I didn't want to say it, and I didn't want to believe it until I forced myself to give myself choice A or choice B. Yeah. I knew that was the right. I had to listen to my mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is so beautiful. That gives me chills. I love that. And that's something I think, too, a lot of people just, I don't know if they weren't taught or we were taught so early not to listen, but our body tells us, right? Like Your body knows. Yes. And there's an exercise that I've done before um, teaching people, and it's about kind of repeating things that are you think are for you. And then coming up with your excuses to why that's not happening in your life. And then when you look at the list, you you focus in on where it's showing up in your body. And so usually like the things that are for us that we think are aligns, that are our dreams, 
we're passionate about, when you look at and experience that list, you'll usually feel it in your heart or in your stomach. Whereas if you look at the list of why I can't have this and why I don't have this and why it will never happen for me, it's usually your throat or your head. And so it's as simple as just like you did, like meditating on that thought and allowing your body to speak to you and then trusting that what will come through is meant for you. And it sounds like a beautiful, amazing Mm -hmm. spiritual experience. It was. And it gave me like the permission to be okay, to end it. It's Mm -hmm. okay, Mary. Mm -hmm. It was like there's peace to this Mm -hmm. and trust that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I've shared that with so many others who struggle. And I've done it again. I haven't had quite the same, like, wow Mm -hmm. factor, Mm -hmm. but it's still there. I now am much more tuned in to listening to my body Mm -hmm. when I'm making choices. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh Thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. So one other thing that you kind of mentioned that I think we have in common is, so you were um, brought up with Catholicism and I was too, but you've branched out into studying and learning about other religions as you've expanded your spirituality. And that speaks to me as well. Um, So I'll just kind of give an honest share here that I went through a period of time as my spirituality was expanding. I really struggled with, it sounds funny now, but what to do with Jesus. Like I viewed Christianity teachings as so exclusionary and maybe that was just the way that I experienced it Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that was necessarily the message of the religion but it was what I heard I heard a lot of uh, exclusion I heard a lot of we are saved and other people are not and that never resonated with me for the rest of the world that I dearly dearly loved other people that weren't Christian Um, so I struggled a lot with that and so I went through just a lot of soul searching of, you know, Jesus, where do you show up in my life now that my spirituality is, feels so much more expansive. Um, and I had a mystical experience actually where when I was struggling with that, um, that I've never shared on the podcast, but I will share. And that I was driving to Omaha and I was heading out for um, a retreat that was spiritual based, but not Christian. And I was asking God and Jesus. And I was like, what do I do with you? I don't know where you fit anymore. I, I feel separated from you and I'm struggling. And, um, I looked up in the sky and there was a whole bunch of blackbirds in the sky and they literally spelled out Jesus in block letters to my vision for like a split second. I literally saw the letters Jesus in the sky with blackbirds. And I got this big chill over my whole body and it just told me I'm still here. You know, I'm still here for you. I'm still part of your life. And there's a way for us to make space for all of it. And so, and I've learned to do that. I've learned a lot more about, you know, kind of his mystical teachings and what it means um, to have the spirit of Christ and how that actually came to be even before Jesus was here. Right. I mean, our Christ consciousness was here before he even came to earth. So I just love to talk about religion in a more expansive way and, and talk about how we agree more than we disagree, even though we act like we disagree so much more. So I feel like we focus on the disagreements and it's almost on purpose to divide us. So what are are your views on just kind of, as you've studied different religions, the commonality and working with different people and their spirituality, 
I find that when you can listen with an open heart and an open mind, people really see that it is more inclusive than exclusive. And even if you don't know, if you're asking questions and you're willing to learn Mm -hmm. and understand, tell me more about what you do. Mm -hmm. Help me understand why it's this way. Mm -hmm. Now the walls are coming down. Mm -hmm. And then you start to go, oh, well, I do that too. Mm -hmm. We do that as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, the more we can be curious Mm -hmm. about something and ask the questions and show up and be present, then people are, they want to share their story. Right. They want to share what they believe in. They want to share what they're and if they're struggling, mm-hmm. they would like someone to share their story. Tell right. me, tell me more. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's so beautiful. And just yeah. being open and not shutting it down. Mm-hmm. I think um, Elizabeth Gilbert actually tells this beautiful story about when she was really struggling um, with her partner's death, and she was on an island, and she was visibly hurting. And there was a Muslim woman who literally knocked on different hotel room doors to find her. And because she saw her like on the beach or something, I don't know if I'm telling the story exactly right, but she saw that she was in pain and then she came and brought her like some fruit and just basically to come see her and say, I, I feel that you're in pain and I felt called to come find you. And Mm -hmm. so again, like what are our walls doing these like decisions that we're being taught about exclusion? We just need to not, not give them any credence and just look past that to the human experience and. How does it feel to be another human in another body? And regardless of the teachings, there's always love. And this, I think, blends very well, not just in religion, but in the yoga practice. It's that way it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. It is for everyone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're old or young or heavy or thin or experienced or a beginner. Like This practice is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so if you can let go of the images or the perfectionism or the ego then it doesn't matter if you've had a shoulder replacement or you're 100 pounds overweight or you don't know what trichinasana is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't I don't matter. It's triangle pose. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Right? I agree. Yes, that's, I totally agree. So you I just feel like yeah. you just show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just show up and connect. And the other thing, too, I will say, whenever I've experienced different classes and I've had people come to me later and say, I was so scared to come here, but you guys are so welcoming. I was so scared to come here but I can't believe I would have missed out on all this love and support. And so for anyone that is just struggling with that, do I show up to a class and be vulnerable? Just show up. You don't know what you're missing out on and you don't know how many people are there to support you and love you through the process. So this was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing time with me and I loved it. So where can people find you? How can they connect with you? I am on a website. I have a website. It is mary-mccarthy.com, and on there you can sign up to get a monthly newsletter, and I share tidbits and special things that only you will get through my newsletter. And you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Yoga by Mary, and now I have a YouTube channel, and it's Mary McCarthy Yoga. Awesome. Wonderful. Uh So... Go ahead and look her up and see what you can learn from Mary. Maybe attend one of her classes if you're local or reach out to her online and do the YouTube videos. I know I shared the chair yoga with my mom. I thought it was so amazing. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. And as always, hopefully you found some 
helpful tidbits in this. And if there was anything that didn't resonate with you, just choose to focus on that that did. So thanks and have a beautiful day, everybody.